Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Mira Garland, a breach of justice and the sick and twisted political raid that just keeps twisting and sickening. The tag team of Trump attorney Christina Bob and Senator Marsha Blackburn are on deck to discuss the raid and so much more. Then speaking of politically motivated and manipulative charades of tyranny, I'll break down the new COVID guidelines with my final thoughts. There's never a dull moment, so let's get to it. The show starts now. You know, there's a whole lot of information, fake news and BS surrounding last week's unprecedented FBI raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate, and you need boots clear up to your chin to wade through it all. So let me just paint you a simple picture. Joe Biden's Justice Department, led by Merrick Garland, approves the decision to seek a warrant of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Is it a coincidence that Joe Biden's Attorney General approved a raid on a former president slash top political opponent's private home? No, but it's for damn sure a glaring conflict of interest. And if all this was a matter of retaining classified material related to matters of national security, then when the hell will Hunter Biden and Hillary Clinton be raided in the same manner with the same ferocity? The Hunter investigation, with a whole treasure trove of evidence, is in its fifth freaking year with no charges. And don't even get me started on Hillary Clinton, a former Secretary of State who had classified information on a private server in a bathroom closet, for God's sake. And furthermore, if this Trump raid was so above board, so by the book, so necessary, then why on God's green earth was his lawyer kept away and unable to observe the search? If this Mar-a-Lago raid wasn't a political hit job, they sure are going above and beyond to make it appear that way. It's messy, it's reckless, it's a farce. But joining me now to break down what we know and where it's going is the Trump attorney who confronted the FBI at Mar-a-Lago during the raid, Christina Bob. Christina, thank you so much for being with me. Thanks for having me. I'm sure that you've had quite an eventful last week or so. I'm sure it's felt like a year at this point. But I know everybody's asking you a lot of questions, some you can answer, some that you can't. But for me, I think the biggest question I have is everything was so cut and dry. They knew what they were looking for. They had a clear direction. There was some kind of material that they just needed to get their hands on. Then why were you kept in the parking lot as they rummaged through the estate? That's a really good question. I actually asked them when I was on site. I, was, I said, why won't you let me watch what you're doing? That's pretty standard practice. It makes sense. And I even said, it will make you look better if I'm allowed to observe. And they, you know, they just shook their heads and stood there and, you know, kind of had a standoff with me and uh, for nine or so hours wouldn't allow me to observe what they're doing. They gave me trickles of information here and there, but the whole thing was really bizarre from my perspective. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say other than uh, they just did what they did without any oversight whatsoever. And from my perspective, it appears without any probable cause. So is it true that the Trump family was actually watching everything go down on security camera? And if so, what did they see and what alarms did they sound to you about what they did see? So I had said that before. I, I thought that that's what was happening. And as it stands now, I don't think they were able to. I'm not actually sure what they saw and what they didn't see. Um, but there certainly was an issue surrounding the security cameras. The FBI was adamant they wanted them off. 
you know, we wanted to keep them on, of course, and it will be up to the Trump organization whether, you know, how, how they handle that footage because it belongs to them. Now, there's been a lot over the weekend, of course, the DOJ, the FBI, Merrick Garland, everybody trying to cover their apples, so to speak, saying that, you know, this is related to the Espionage Act that possibly had information related to nuclear codes. What were they looking for? What did they find? Can you give us any insight into where this all is as of now? Yeah, I think that's a really great question, actually, and one of the most obvious questions that needs to be asked. I have it myself. Uh, that, you know, the warrant, as everyone has seen it now, says they're looking for classified information. But I can tell just by the questions that reporters are asking me, it runs the gamut. Nobody really has any idea. There's not a clear sign of, well, for example, if they were to conduct this raid on Hillary Clinton's residence, we would say, well, obviously they were looking for the server. They were looking for the documents that she stored in her bathroom closet, as you mentioned earlier. People would kind of have an idea of where the story was going. Here, nobody knows. I, I've gotten questions across the board from the most bizarre things you can think of, and it's all because none of it makes sense because no crime was actually committed. There's not actually any evidence to look for. And so the Department of Justice really has some explaining to do. Yeah, and again, on Truth Social over the weekend, of course, former President Trump sounded off saying that he declassified whatever information that they were looking for, that he was cooperating. If they wanted this stuff for the National Archives or what have you, he was cooperating and they could have just asked for it. Can you break that down for people that are really confused by all of this and they don't know who to believe? We hear the former president, what he's saying. We hear what the FBI, the DOJ, Merrick Garland, none of it seems to make sense. And I think the American people are kind of in a fog as to what we should believe. Yeah. President Trump is absolutely correct. Back on June 3rd, we held a meeting at Mar-a-Lago with the FBI and with the Department of Justice. I believe there are about four representatives there. And we told them they had access to whatever they wanted. President Trump made a statement himself. He came down for a few minutes and in front of the FBI and DOJ said to me and the other attorney that was there with me, said, make sure they have access, whatever they want. They can see whatever they want. So he made a show of it to make sure they knew that he had personally instructed us to give them access to whatever they wanted. And we did, we, we answered all their questions. They said, we'd like to see the storage facility. Can we see it? So we took them there, we showed them, let them see whatever they wanted. And then they came back and said, you know, we, we think it would be better if there were an additional lock on the door. Can you put that lock on the door? So we did, we put the lock on the door. And then the next thing I know, two months later, I get a call that they're raiding the place. So it doesn't make any sense. And I have no idea why they would have gone from, we're being completely cooperative. Let us know if there's anything else you'd like to see or if you need access to anything else, we're happy to show you. From that to, we're raiding the place and you can't watch anything and get out of the way. In former President Trump's conversations with you since this happened and right up to date, what is his demeanor like? What does he think the intention is? Clearly we know he's been sounding off, but you know, Between between us and my audience, can you let us know, you know, what you guys are maybe planning to do or where it goes from here to make sure that the right people are held accountable? Sure. Well, President Trump is doing what President Trump always does. And his number one motivation is to make sure that the people, the, the American people uh, have the country that we we started with, that we thought that we had from the beginning, that we have all our rights and all of our freedoms are intact. And that is what he's fighting for. One hundred percent freedom. That's what he wants. And that's why he has Save America as his mantra at the moment. So that that's his focus. And this only hardens his resolve to make sure that, you know, the, the great America that we all know and love remains great and stays great and gets even better. So that is the direction that 
he is going. That's the direction that his staff and we're all trying to follow is to make sure that this great nation is saved and that it's better than it's ever been before. So uh, I know the legal team is working with the Department of Justice to uh, further this along and figure out what happened and, and where we go from here. We're kind of waiting to see what happens. But um, without a doubt, this is all about making America great again and returning our freedoms and rights to the American people. Christina, the last thing that I want to ask you before I let you go is that a lot of people, because of this and other things that have happened over the last several years, a lot relating to Donald Trump and in his political allies, people have lost a lot of trust in our institutions, the FBI, the DOJ. Of course, we condemn any of the violent threats that have made uh, anybody and directed towards anyone. I know that Donald Trump has condemned those. Everybody has condemned those. We don't believe in that. But what do you say to the American people that are looking at the FBI, the DOJ, and saying, this isn't what we thought these institutions were designed to do, and we've lost a lot of faith in, in what they are doing and the way that they're weaponizing their power? I think I completely agree with that sentiment. I think most Americans are looking at this going, wait, 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 this is not what those agencies were set up to do and they're not supposed to be targeting us. So uh, I'm actually really looking forward to hearing what uh, Senator Blackburn has to say about that. I think that'd be a great question for her because certainly it's Congress that can hold the FBI and DOJ accountable and do some investigation. So uh, reach out to your state and local senators and uh, your representatives that have the authority to do something about this. Your, I'm sorry, your U.S. senators and congressmen and women, because they're the ones that need to step up, investigate, and, and hold the Department of Justice accountable. We certainly hope that we'll have that ability, especially come November when we have a little bit more uh, power behind our voice. And we're hoping that Absolutely. we make some big changes. But you set up my uh, my toss to my next guest perfectly. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for all that you've done. I know it's been an incredibly busy time for you, but we appreciate you. And, you know, I love to see fearless women out there fighting the good fight, fighting for freedom and fighting for true justice. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. All right, don't forget, guys, you can catch exclusive content as well as the full show on Outkick.com. Of course, we're always streaming on all of our social media platforms, but more exclusive content can be found at our website, Outkick.com. Still ahead, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn joins me in studio with her thoughts on the raid as well as the latest on buses right here in Middle Tennessee being used to transport illegals across the country. She's sounding the alarm. Next. You know, here in Tennessee, we're used to seeing buses like this one transporting musicians to their next venue. But that right there isn't a music touring bus. Oh, no, it's a coach used to haul illegal immigrants across the country and into your backyard. Senator Marsha Blackburn has been sounding the alarm and calling out the Biden administration for this practice and much more. And she joins me now. I want to start with this is the Tennessee issue. We know yes. last summer they were flying illegal immigrants into middle Tennessee on those secret planes in the middle of the night. And now they got buses just Busing illegal immigrants, what can you tell us about this practice and how it's affecting Tennessee? Yes, what we know is we're at this point because of Joe Biden's policies. His policy is an open border. And Tommy, that is what is driving this. And we also know that as these migrants get on the bus, sometimes they decide to threaten the driver, try to attack the driver, threaten to call the police on the driver. And that is what happened with this group that were on their way to New York, but they decided they wanted to get off the bus in Chattanooga and get to Atlanta or to Florida. Florida. And of course, in Chattanooga, you've got I-75 coming through there. You've got I-24. So I guess it was a convenient spot for them to get off. And they were spotted in town, uh, public disturbance. 
And I think everyone's seen the video of some of the people in stores that it called local law enforcement. But these sanctuary cities that are now crying foul over this policy, these big blue city mayors, they're the ones that decided to be a sanctuary city to give benefits to those that are here illegally to provide safe harbor, to give them voting rights, privileges of citizenship, all of those things. Let them work, they can get work permits. And now that these illegal immigrants have heard from their friends who were in these cities, hey, come, this is great, we're doing great, we've got a job, we're making money or maybe they're working for the cartel. Right. Because the cartels have now set up shop in a lot of these big blue sanctuary cities, they feel as if it's safer there. And what we know is that this is where uh, we have to step up and say absolutely not. These sanctuary cities need to change their policy or this is what they're going to have to deal with. Well, and these buses are going, again, we know that the, the flights, whether it's flights, buses, what have you, right. they're illegal immigrants fanning out. They get a ticket wherever they want to go. Uh, they get to bypass a lot of the normal TSA that the rest of us have to go through. And, and they're basically given a free pass into our country to be in the shadows. That's not only not the American dream, but it's not fair to the legal immigrants and to the Americans who have to do things the right way to live in this country. That's right. And they have turned every town into a border town, every state into a border state because of the gangs the drugs, the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, and it is a terrible situation. Our law enforcement has to handle these situations and these issues every single day. Senator, what is the motivation that you could tell from the Biden administration? Because it, it doesn't look good when you have two million illegal immigrants. It doesn't look good when even blue city mayors like Eric Adams and in D.C., same thing, are sounding the alarm saying that they don't necessarily want these busloads coming either. The administration has not done anything, though, to date to stem the tide. The borders are Kamala Harris certainly hasn't done anything. So for the life of me, I can't figure out, other than trying to inundate our country with illegal immigrants, I can't figure out the motivation behind their policy. Their policy is so interesting because it is open border, allow them to come, don't ask questions, and it puts them in the queue, as you were saying, ahead of those that are here legally. Now, there are many people that think they're doing it, trying to pack the voter rolls and get people here. There are others that think, well, they're going to give amnesty and it will be these citizens, they'll be loyal, a new group of individuals that will be loyal to the Democrat Party. The Democratic Party feels like it's losing ground with individuals, whether it is uh, female voters or whether it is African-American voters, Hispanic voters. When you look at some of the elections recently, they feel as if they're, they're losing ground. And I talk to so many Democrats, Tommy, and I know you probably do too, that say, you know, I voted for Joe Biden, but I didn't vote for this. Right. And they are so frustrated that their party has gone so far left that they no longer identify with that policy or the issues that they are pushing. 
I have a concern, though, and I've been seeing this, the, the writing on the wall for, for several months now. As we see Joe Biden slip even further into unfavorability, as we see him actually physically and mentally slipping into unfavorability, yeah. I feel like what the Democrats are going to do leading up to November and certainly leading up to 2024 is they're going to throw Joe Biden all the way under the bus. They're going to say it was all a Joe problem and it wasn't really the Democrat policies at work. It was just Joe and he did it wrong. But as you and I both know, and as most conservatives, Republicans know, this is not just the Joe Biden agenda. This is the Democrat agenda at work. And I don't think they can distance themselves from Joe and just blame it on him, but they're going to try. And I think that it's going to be successful with a lot of people. How do we combat that messaging? So many people that are looking at this and they hear the president make these comments and they know that they are intentionally leaving the border open. They have intentionally driven up the price at the grocery store and at the pump. They are making intentional decisions to grow government, to take away your freedoms. So whether it is the squad or Pelosi or Schumer or Biden, People see this as the Democratic Party agenda. And even though they try to reframe, reframe it and say, well, it was Biden's problem, it's not our agenda. When you look at the U.S. House, the Republicans are targeting 72 seats. When you look at what is happening in these gubernatorial races and what is happening with U.S. Senate races, it would be very difficult for them to say it's all Biden's fault because Biden goes out and says what he is told to say. Right. And we know he's not the one calling the shots. Even when he's told what to say, he usually messes it up. But this Inflation Reduction Act, Build Back Better, the skinny version. Yes. You're someone that's that's fighting this. I see you tweeting about it. But I want to know your personal thoughts on Joe Manchin, because a lot of Republicans that were cheering for him and Kirsten Cinema saying, you know, maybe these are the blue dog Democrats out there that are going to do the right thing. I think he looks like he has egg on his face now. I don't think that his constituents are going to be happy. But as someone that's around this atmosphere, what was your personal take and did you expect yeah. it? I have said all along that Republicans could not depend on Joe Manchin to save the Republican Party. Right. That we have to have an agenda. And after the midterms, we have to move forward with an agenda very well defined as how we're going to claw back government and stop this spending and stop building the bureaucracy. Nobody right. wants 87,000 IRS right. agents. And it is disappointing that he did a pivot and changed his mind and supported the bill back broken. Tommy, here's the thing. When you look at their outrageous spending that they've carried out, 1.9 for COVID, 1.2 for infrastructure, and then, you know, they come along and they do uh, $300 billion for chips. All of these different bills, this massive amount of new spending on top of what was already right. there. What you see is they are planning to continue this out of control spending. Every bit of it has had a part of the Green New Deal mm -hmm. in it. So they didn't pass Build Back Better as a single bill. They broke it up and they put some of it in the COVID bill, in the infrastructure bill, in all of these different bills so at the end of the day, they can look at the left and say, hey, we got you the Green New Deal. We got you Build Back Broke. We got you these things. 
and that's what they're wanting to do. We'll be able to get some of that off the books come January. Well, they keep moving to the left, and then everybody says, well, it's more reasonable. We should compromise. Well, they moved so far to the left that you everything can. appears like a compromise. I have to ask you, though, because I know that yeah. you were someone on this, and i got to let you go, but I have to ask you about it because you have been talking about our privacy rights for a long time. Long Even time. when it wasn't a sexy thing to talk about, you were sounding the alarm on it. I know that you're still doing work on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these social media and big tech services that are tracking the American people. Where are we with that, and what do we need to know about how much control they have over our information and our data. Well, realize when you're online, you are the product. Always ask yourself every day, who owns the virtual you? Who has control of your information online? I am so pleased that finally, not only my colleagues, but the American public, and especially women, especially moms, are saying, look, we need some online privacy protections. We need a federal law that gives us, the consumer, the way to control our data. I feel very good about next year with Republicans in charge. We will get a bill on the books. You would think everybody would want privacy online. Yes. We wouldn't want our data being sold. We wouldn't want China having control of our data. You would also sound the alarm on things like TikTok. There's so much I could talk to you about, and I'm just going to, I know that I have to let you go, but I have to ask you about the raid, the last thing I have to ask you. The American people are very frustrated. They're yeah. looking to, to you and to your colleagues to say, how are we going to hold these institutions accountable? In short, what are you guys planning to do, and how is it going to look in November if we get the majorities that we want? There has to be an investigation. We do oversight of the FBI. Uh, we recently had Christopher Ray in front of us. Uh, I've already submitted questions for answers to him. Did he know about this when he came before us? How did he participate in this? When did he sign off? Did he sign off prior to sending it up to Merrick Garland for his signature? Did they inform the White House? Because so interesting that President Biden uh, is off on vacation and is unavailable for any comment. Uh, we do know that President Trump received and responded to a subpoena in June and said, if I've got information and you need it, come see us. Right. Well, we hope that you'll hold them accountable. I know that you will. You're always representing the state of Tennessee so wonderfully. And I'm so proud every time I get to see you on there holding everyone accountable. So thank you so much for being here and spending so much time with me. Absolutely. I certainly appreciate what a pleasure. it. And up next, the CDC will finally start to treat COVID like the glorified cold it is. And finally, admitting the stigma of the unvaccinated is pure baloney. And I've got some final thoughts. That's next. Miraculously, and by miraculously, I mean now that it's no longer politically advantageous and they've already bullied millions into the jab, the CDC is dropping most of its draconian and nonsensical COVID protocols. Well, I'll be. I have some final thoughts. Well, breaking news that's about two years too late. The CDC is now treating COVID like a glorified cold. The updated guidance lifts the quarantine requirement for those exposed to COVID, eliminates social distancing nonsense, plays down the need to screen asymptomatic individuals, and does away with the tyrannical and moronic test-to-stay practice of requiring asymptomatic students to test daily and segregate into so-called cohorts. Turns out repeatedly ramming swabs into the noses of low COVID risk children on a daily or weekly basis isn't super duper cost effective. What a revelation. 
And last but not least, the new guidance essentially removes the BS and discriminatory language that's been weaponized over the last year plus to stigmatize, shame, and intimidate the unvaccinated. Yes, you heard that right. Many, many months after knowing full freaking well the COVID vaccine in doses one through however many they're now recommending doesn't prevent infection or spread, the CDC is now admitting the vaccine is next to useless for many people. Well, I'll be damned. Now you're admitting it. Now you're taking that into account. Now you're recognizing natural immunity and putting an emphasis on personal freaking choice. Well, what about the tens of thousands of people who lost their jobs for refusing the vaccine or the likely millions more who were bullied and coerced into getting jobs one or four they didn't want in order to keep their jobs and put food on the table for their families? The science hasn't changed since the BS COVID vaccine mandate decree came down about a year ago. But that didn't stop the scientific community and ruling class from essentially forcing an experimental vaccine on us and our children anyway. Remember that garbage? Not only do the American people deserve an epic apology from the CDC, from Biden, from Biden's puppeteers, and from little Tony Fauci, those who lost their jobs over it should be immediately rehired and back paid for however long they had to go without employment thanks to the vaccine mandates, the CDC bogus guidance, and the Biden administration's tyrannical overreach. And furthermore, it's time to take the muzzles off the scientists, the medical professionals, and the regular folks who are brave enough to sound the alarm over vaccine requirements and then vaccine side effects. And furthermore, 2.0, those of us who have been screaming this stuff from the rooftops from day one and were then flagged, banned, or otherwise censored for it should be not only getting an acknowledgement of that, but a giant apology from the big tech wardens who did and still do it every time we so much as utter, mouth, or type words that resemble or sound like COVID or vaccine. This COVID era has been the dumbest time in recent American history. And to all those so-called professionals, politicians, and leaders who will now try to gaslight us into thinking they never pushed COVID infringements down our throats for our own good, not so fast. We will never forget who you are and what you did. You made a mockery out of us. And so help me God, let us never be dumb enough to collectively allow it to happen again. Take your face diapers, your social distancing, your jabs, and your boosters and shove it all. Those are my final thoughts. And don't forget you can catch the full show and exclusive content on Outkick.com. From Nashville, God bless and take care.